Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Glad you chose to join us today. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. That's the number to dial to get on the air. So if you want to be on the air with me, uh, give me a call, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand, and we have a dedicated texting line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven three zero three six nine zero three thousand to call in, and seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. I just tell you why I paused for a second here. Uh, I'm looking at my Twitter feed, and I wanted to to post that I'm on the air, and then I notice it says live at Calvary Chapel with Pastor Ed Taylor now on KRKS, which is the other station here in Denver, and then it says register to win a trip to two for two to Orlando with R.C. Sproul, and and I'm like, whoa, I didn't know I was leading a trip, and I I had that little quick thought, and then I'm thinking R.C. Sproul is in heaven. Uh, he's he's no longer with us, but this tweet, which is number one on my list here uh, in my search, is from 2010, so nine years ago. I'm like, wow. Um, so I'm sorry, it caught me. I had to pause for a second there. Anyway, 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, I see the phone lines are already lighting up, so that's always a good thing, because without you, there really is no show, and... You drive the direction of the show. It's a good to remind everyone that this show isn't about arguing. Uh, it's not about doctrinal fights. Uh, it's not. We won't. We we aren't here. It's a pastoral show. Uh, we definitely answer questions. Uh, we'll talk to you about the things that are on your heart. We, we'll answer Bible questions for sure. We we do that because we know that every <clears throat> everything pertaining to life and godliness has been given to us through the life and knowledge of Jesus Christ. So it's not that we won't talk about the Bible or answer Bible questions. Of course we will. But we're not going to argue. Uh, I'm not going to argue. Uh, we just won't do it. It's it's, it's too, too little time uh, in life, uh, and the Bible says to avoid foolish and ignorant disputes that lead to nothing. Now, you may not think it's a foolish uh, dispute, but I've got to make that judgment call for the sake of the radio program and most arguments are just foolish and unnecessary, and we won't do it. Uh, but if you want to give me a call, we have w- w- lines wide open, uh, 303-690-3000. Uh, here's a question about abortion. Uh, it came in through the text line. It says, I agree that all lives should be valued. And then the text doesn't end there. It has a word, but... And so whenever you have the word but, you know that there's an alternative statement that has more priority. 
so here's what the statement says. But is is wrong? Is it wrong to also think uh, that since we live in a free nation, have a free will to take away that freedom of making a law that takes away the freedom of choice? So let me let. I think this is a great uh, conversation to have. I wish you'd call in uh, because I'd love to talk to you, not just answer a text question, but the purpose of government is for the betterment of people. Um, the type of system of government that we have, and I'm not an expert in this, I'm not a history buff or teacher in this area, but I'll give you a general sense of why we have laws and rules. It's for the betterment of people. And that's why we have a law on the books that speaks against murdering. Um, for the purpose of purpose of protecting life, uh, it is against the law to murder. And of course, we all agree with that law when it's protecting us, right? We don't want someone to murder us, uh, and I would agree. And what I found when we ask a question like this is do we take a biblical approach first, or do we take a political approach? position first. And I believe that I'm to take a biblical approach first above all things and all questions. And the the Bible is pretty clear. Let, let Let me choose my words carefully. Not pretty clear. The Bible is abundantly clear with no equivocation that life belongs to God. He initiates it, and he protects it, and he has, according to Psalm 139, our life, he already knows how long we're going to live. And while you're not going to be able to open up the Bible and find a scripture that says, thou shalt not have abortion, there are numerous teachings that make it clear that God knows us in the womb so that a baby, you can call it whatever technical word that you want, uh, but a baby in the womb is a human being. We believe that a baby's life begins at conception. God created that baby, and even in Exodus chapter 21, the same penalty of of death is given to someone who causes a baby in the womb to die as much as it is murdering someone outside of the womb. So to have so so we first have to have a high level of of value, the highest level of value for life. And then secondly, we need to remember that God values standing up for those who have no voice. And a baby certainly in the womb does not have a voice of their own yet, just like a baby six weeks out of the womb doesn't have a voice. Uh, And it's required for those that do have a voice to protect the innocent. And I think we would all agree that a baby in the womb is innocent as much as six-week-old baby is innocent uh, and doesn't have a voice to protect themselves or stand up for themselves or defend themselves or anything themselves, for goodness sake. So that when we talk about, uh, since we have a, since we live in a, since we live in a free nation that has the ability to um, affect changes in the law, 
it makes sense for a Bible-based, Bible-informed, God-fearing, God-loving, in relationship with Jesus Christ, man or a woman, to protect life at all costs. And it doesn't take any free will away as much as a speed limit takes any free will away. The speed limit is put in a particular neighborhood for the type of neighborhood it is for the safety of all, the safety of those in the car, but more importantly, the safety of those not in the car. And I don't believe logically, rationally, or biblically that creating a law protecting the rights of the unborn is in any way negating the freedom of choice uh, because by making something illegal, it causes people to actually think twice about the choice that they're making. And as you can see, according to latest statistics, uh, let me speak to that for a moment. Uh, Here in Colorado, we have a bill that's collecting signatures right now to put on the ballot um, to restrict abortion. And how important it is that we who are um, able to vote, that we vote in a way that reflects life, uh, that reflects uh, the end of, even in this case, ending late-term abortions. It's Initiative 120. And they're looking to, to take 125 signatures by March 4th uh, and hoping for over 200,000. The statute says there should be a change to the Colorado Revised Statutes concerning a prohibition on, on abortion when the probable gestation of the age of the fetus is at least 22 weeks. Uh, and so these late-term abortions, they're using language that will reflect the law, uh, even though they know that those that are uh, supporting this know that a baby is not merely a fetus, but a person. Uh, and it's a personhood amendment. So uh, you guys in Colorado, be sure to sign the petition, Initiative 120. We've had quite a few people uh, in our church uh, mention this initiative, and so I'm here um, encouraging you to support it. And I thank you for Marin, I thank you for Gloria, and many others that have brought it to my attention. <clears throat> and I think we, since it's a really, uh, it looks like your area code is Colorado, so it looks like this is something that you uh, are also going to have an opportunity to put a voice on. And, and I was looking, actually I got distracted there a minute, but I was looking how many abortions have happened since Roe v. Wade when, it made, when our country made it um, legal. And there's actually a website that tracks this. It's called numberofabortions.com. It's a very sobering website, numberofabortions.com. There were 1,725 babies murdered in the United States today. There were 61,700,223 since Roe v. Wade. Let me just say that again. 61 million. Out of 61 million, almost 62 million abortions since 1973, Roe v. Wade, how many did Planned Parenthood commit? Planned Parenthood, who purports themselves to be a a women's medical care facility, um, when in reality, while they do provide a, some women's medical care, their primary money maker actually they have two primary money making Planned Parenthood. They have two business plans. Number one is to kill babies. They make a lot of money killing babies. And number two, their second business plan is being funded 
by the United States of America government, your taxpayers. Those are their two main revenue streams. They committed $8,567,972 abortions since 1970. This year, Planned Parenthood has already uh, murdered 279,726,000 um, babies. Um, this is all right here. I'm looking at the website. Uh, it's, there is numberofabortions.com and also usabortionclock.org, either one. So here's the deal, and it's not just the United States. You know, there are numbers worldwide, 1,552,488,290,000 babies murdered since 1980. So it is imperative that at every layer of justice or every layer of law that we protect the unborn. I was sharing in a men's retreat this last weekend and sharing a little bit about my life so these men know that there's hope no matter what situation they're in. And... I was born in a year where abortion was illegal. And uh, had it not been illegal, I think that the, the, uh, the ingredients of my conception to single college-age kids that weren't married, had no intention of being married, um, I was a category of abortion for sure. Instead, I was put up for adoption. And we don't know for sure. I haven't met... My birth parents, uh, you know, those that that created me physically, I didn't. I've never met them. Um, it's a hard phrase to use. I know it offends some people. I, my parents are my parents. My adoptive parents, no doubt whatsoever, one thousand million percent, are my parents. So I don't know what quite what to call. I'm not trying to offend anyone, um, but those that uh, conceived me, uh, that thank God that, and I do thank God that they didn't abort me, and it was illegal during the year I was born. So. Let me say one more thing, and I'll get to the phone lines. We've got an open line, 303-690-3000. If you have had an abortion, there is forgiveness available through the cross of Jesus Christ. And we all have things in our past that if we had the chance to change them, we would. But we can't. And I know that the topic of abortion brings great pain and agony and memories and that that's not our intent to talk about this topic. Uh, we're not we're not wanting to share uh, facts about this in order to make you feel condemned. In Jesus Christ, you are not condemned, and there's forgiveness available in Him. And if you're thinking about abortion, don't do it. Please don't do it. I know it's hard, and I know it's hard personally. Because I was 17, and my girlfriend then was 15 when we found out she was pregnant. And she's 16, and I was 18 when she gave birth to our firstborn son. And it altered our life drastically. It altered the trajectory of our life drastically. The consequences of our decisions were, were both good, because my son was not a sin, um, you know, when I think of Eddie, sometimes when I would text him, uh, dumb Siri autocorrect would autocorrect son with sin and say, I love you, sin. And we'd have a little joke about that because we weren't saved when he got conceived, you know, and so we had a little joke about that. But it was a joke because 
God redeemed even that situation. Not only did he redeem, but he used my boy uh, as uh, one of the tools to uh, bring us to faith in Jesus Christ. And, and I know it radically alters. I know, personally. But I also know God can redeem. Uh, and I know that God can change. And me and um, me and that young girl ended up getting married. We ended up getting saved. And this year we celebrated 30 years of marriage and two other children. And 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 it did change the trajectory of my life. I, it did, it did. But I think abortion also would have changed the trajectory of our life. I don't. We wouldn't be together for sure. Uh, and a whole host of things. And so I just want you to know there's a lot of help. One of the ministries, well, a couple ministries, three ministries we're really close with now as I think through. Uh, Save the Storks is a ministry we have supported through Grace FM. Um, they, they help in this area. You can just look it up, Google it, Save the Storks. And then Colorado, uh, is it Colorado? Um, it is, what is it? Let me go to the website. Uh, gracefm.com all of our business partners you can go to gracefm.com Colorado is it Colorado Family Line let me let me see here programs um, sorry guys I'm just talking out loud here today because this is a, an important Colorado Family Life Center thank you Kevin Colorado Family Life Center they're here in Aurora um, and they they are not a crisis, crisis pregnancy center they are a, a center that helps with, with uh, couples keeping their baby education and encouragement and and resources and then of course we support alternatives pregnancy center and we have for many years even before they were alternatives uh and so give them a connection give them a call uh either any of them save the storks colorado family life center and alternatives pregnancy center Um, they're all part of the grace fm family um, of, of friends 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. All the lines are full. We'll go right to Chelsea in Greeley, Colorado. Chelsea, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. <clears throat> um, put you on speaker. Sure. Because I have another person here. Okay. Um, uh, can I first just say uh, thank God for you. Um, I listen to you a lot, and I know that you say don't. Don't put you up high. Don't put you on a pedestal. But God has spoken through you mm. to me so much, oh, and I good. just thank Him for you so much. And like my dad passed away in 2011, and I had called probably like three or four years after that, and you sent me a book by, through from Greg Laurie, Help for the Hurting Heart. You know, and that even though I've been, I feel like I've been in the wilderness all this time since then, but God is bringing me back, um, and. I, I'm any, I, I just, I don't want to keep going on, but I've been wanting to call you for my own reasons, um, for the past couple weeks. And I just, am going to make it a point to call you every day (laughs) if that's okay. Uh, because I need a lot of help. I'm, I'm struggling spiritually and I need, I have a lot of answers that I need, you know, a question that I need answers and things like that. All right. And you have a lot of those whenever I listen to you. But so anyways, today um, I met, uh, ran into, uh, 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 she's a homeless person, okay. um, and she has two dogs. Um, and I just wanted, first of all, you know, for her, I, I just want to give her the word of Jesus and the word of God. And, like, I think that 
that because I want to help more long term, but I think that that would probably be the best thing that I can do is to try to. And I asked her, you know, if she believed in God and Jesus and all that, and she says yes. And but she's just had some lot of struggles, and she the last thing that she told you know she told me when I asked her about it was that she thinks that God hates her. Sure. And I just want her. I want. I, I know that I can't, my want isn't like, oh, I want you to feel this, so feel it. But I just, I know how powerful the power of prayer is, and I know that Jesus is real, and I know, and, and you, this Calvary Live and Calvary Chapels, that, that you guys have helped me to realize that, because I have struggled That's trying good. to figure out, is it all real? Why did my dad die? Why this? Why that? And any questions that I had, even though when I didn't want to know the answer, I, it wasn't revealed to me. But when I opened up my heart and wanted to listen, God gave me all the answers that I had, that, that I had questions for. Yes. And I, that was so amazing. Amen. So anyways, he's blessed my heart today. I really want, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I just want to pray for her, but also I want long-term, a little more long-term help, like that I could do maybe, that I could have some like because I do have gone I do go to Calvary Chapel up here okay, good. and I but I haven't gone I mean I say I go but I haven't gone for probably a, a couple years okay. I went last April for Easter but then you know I haven't been actively going but I still that's still my ch- how I feel about that's my church you okay. know what I mean well let, let's so, talk a little bit about that the, one of the best things you can do for your homeless friend is to develop your personal relationship with Jesus. Um, you know, we never really want to describe ourselves as, I have a home church, but I rarely go there, because that's one of the places of, of life for you. Um, and it's kind of like radio has been such a blessing to you and such an encouragement to you, but radio is just like vitamins. You can't live on vitamins. Uh, it, you need to live on, the, on a good, healthy meal, and then vitamins will help supplement that. And the best thing you can do, because we do get overwhelmed. I'm met with as you can, as you, I'm sure you you realize, I'm met with situations that are beyond my ability. Like mm-hmm. they're just blow my mind, and I'm I'm just so hurt and and tore up about what sin has done to people's lives. And and I sometimes wish that I could fix it for them. I mean, I, then, I don't sometimes. I mean, I think all the time. I wish I could just. We were just talking to Frank here and the surgery with his wife and what she's gone through. And she's one of the most sweetest women that I have met faithful to the Lord, serving. She has this heart to teach ESL to all the, the immigrant kids that are coming uh, into our community. I mean, but but she's also experiencing a tro- trial right now, a difficulty, and you're like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it'd be better if she didn't. But but I can't literally physically do anything for her. Um, maybe I can pray. I mean, I can pray for her, but I can't fix her body. I can't fix those things. But I know I know something in my relationship with her that would really bless her, and that is to keep doing what I'm called to do, like to to be that strong person in the body of Christ. To she would, I, I believe she, we haven't asked her, but I'm talking to her because her husband's staring at me right now. In the stu- <laughs> he's running the show right now, and and no, I, I haven't asked her this, but I'm sure she would go. No, I want him to study. I want him to be obedient. I want him. The best way he can bless me is by being faithful to take care of my husband or to pray for me. And and sometimes we just don't think that's enough. Like we think. Well, I, I need to I need to rush in and but but I what I need to be is the man that God's called me to be because then I'll be in the best position if there's something that I physically could do to help her and and so when you look at this person developing your personal walk with the Lord 
uh, is is like the the most important thing for you and for her. And then I think, what could I give to you every day? You know, like I do this show twice a week, so you know I'm not just here to answer questions. Like I'm here so that the Holy Spirit can use me in people's lives. But then if I'm not in the Word and I'm not in prayer, then I'm going to come to the show empty. And okay. if I come to the show empty, I'm not going to be much help. I mean, God can still use me, but then I want to be able to share with you the overflow of what God's doing in my life. And and so I think if you keep going back to visit her, uh, you know, you might take her food, you might take her, but you what you take her is yourself. And that's a powerful gift that you have, that you see her as a human being. You don't see her as a homeless person. You don't see her as a problem. You don't see her as as even trying to solve her homelessness. You're just seeing yourself as a friend to a person. And I, I promise you, you've already made a difference in her life. And if you continue to do that, you're only going to make more. Your, your care and concern, whether she acknowledged it or not, has already gone a long way. Amen. And, and, she, and she is responding very well to it. You know, that's yes. why I'm like, it is from Good. God, because... I went to Santiago's to get a burrito, which I have been doing every day because I'm pregnant and because I'm craving the burritos. And then, you know, I saw her. I've only been doing that for the past couple weeks. Well, months. It's been a month now. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but, you know, I just, I feel, I don't know if those are things, you know, like why I'm going there. Like, is that kind of silly for me to think that I was supposed to meet her or, you know what I mean? That's kind of how I am. Like, I, I feel like all the time there's, I, because people, I just feel like people turn their backs and go on with their life, and then, then I just, I don't see how that's, I can't, I don't know, I just don't see how that's okay, you know? Well, and I and think I that got, that's a, there's a stirring in you. <laughs> like, I, I feel that same way with other situations where God has given me a sensitivity to maybe unconfessed sin or repentance. I know, like like me, I have a sensitivity to pastors, and so when pastors are are ranked disobedient, or like I I end up standing up to them and saying you're in sin and you need to repent. Like like how you feel with her, I feel with other situations, and we just need to be sensitive because I I don't know who it was. Um, I don't know if it was Dio Moody. It was some but some saint that's gone before us, some pastor that has already died and gone into heaven said. Um, I think it might have been Wesley, but it doesn't really matter. It's a, he said, I can't do everything, but I must do something. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and as we're doing something, you do your something, I do my something, and before you know it, we're the body of Christ making a tremendous difference in the world. Amen, and praise God for that. Because, so keep yeah. doing your something. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try why don't you, um, we, we're coming up on the end of the breaks, uh, right before the break, so why don't you pray, and uh, we'll go out on your prayer. Okay. All right. All right. Dear Jesus, I just come to you right now in 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 your name, Lord. Um, I ask that you, that you reveal yourself more to Angela, and that you... Let her know how much you love her, God, because I know that you love all of us and That's that you di- you died for our sins. That is the ultimate love. There's so I just want praise you, God, for yes. that, and and please, please hear our prayer, Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angela needs you. Um, 
I know that things aren't perfect, Lord, but you you are perfect, and there's nothing that you can't do. Yes. There's nothing that you can't do, and that's why I'm bringing this to you, Lord, and thank you so much for changing my life, and thank you for Pastor Ed, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. you. And Father, yeah. we do pray for our sister as she is growing in her understanding of you, and that you would be with Chelsea as she continues to walk the streets or drive the streets of, of Greeley, that you would keep her... Uh, Keep her in a place of, of um, usability and be with that baby in her womb. Continue to develop and grow that baby so one day we'll get to hear her cry and grow up and be the person you want him to be in Jesus' name. Amen. See you, Chelsea. Amen. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, you're coming, we're coming up on the, the first and only break today. Thanks. So far, so good. I, I got a follow-up on abortion uh, on that topic. I got a couple follow-ups. So um, we'll be right back. My name is Ed Taylor. We'll... You're listening to Calvary Live, originating from here in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the second half. The time flies by. I don't have a window in our studio because we're kind of tucked away, but I think it's snowing already. And I was just in Southern California, and the sun was amazing. And before that, I was in Texas, and it was kind of cold there, but it was still better than snow any day of the week. We're in the Book of Daniel tonight. I know many of you are going to choose to stay home, and I respect your choices in that area, but we're going to be here if you want to be with other human beings. Uh, we're going to be here because the heavy snow is not coming until much later tonight, so we're going to be here studying the book of Daniel uh, here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We're on Hampton and Biscay. Uh, you can download our free app. Just put Ed Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, Ed Taylor, in any search engine, uh, any app store, and our app will pop up. You can watch us live, join us in, turn on notifications. We use it a lot. Thousands upon thousands of people are connected with us, and we want you to connect with us too. And all of our various ministries, all of our various outreaches, we would love for you to be a part of our church, including supporting our church financially. And and what I mean by that is supporting Grace FM. Go to gracefm.com, gracefm.com, and support us financially. Uh, do it recurring. Set it up monthly or and any, any amount. It doesn't matter. Any amount, because it all adds up, uh, and God uses it, uh, because there's electricity bills and light bills and building bills and bills and bills and bills and bills. And we're a church. We're not a, a radio corporation. And every little bit is good. So go to gracefm.com. And of course, if you're listening to this show on a local, uh, you're not in Colorado, you're in another state, uh, then, and you're not listening, if you're listening on the live feed, support us. <laughs> if you're listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, any of the, the other FM stations in your community, support your local Christian station, local. Uh, but if you're listening on Grace FM, please support us, keep us on the air. I mean, it's not like we're going off the air, but what I mean by keep us on the air is not something like, oh, we're going to go off the air, but rather it just pays the ongoing bills and lets us improve and do things. Uh, taking One of the things we do is we take our Grace FM booth 
around the community. And we give out free T-shirts and information about the station uh, so that um, you can tell your friends and family and you can listen, be blessed. Um, and that takes money. We had to buy van, gas, shirts, on, on and on and on. So give us a call. So let me just, the first half, if you're just joining us, we talked about abortion uh, because that was a question. And the the thing about the question, was there was a follow-up. Uh, and so the person said with the answer that I shared, they agree with it, but the question was placed on the shoulders that there was a friend that said, I stand on the say, uh, on, when I said I stand on the side of life, but I didn't know how to answer the part of how can I, how can I want to take away the free choice of a woman to do with their body? So that's a great question. Now, remember, the laws of the land do that all the time. The laws of the land say you can only drive your car a certain speed, you can only drive on a certain side of the road. Uh, the laws of the land say you're to pay your taxes, or all of these come with the penalty of jail. Uh, it, you know, you can't steal from your neighbor. You can't, I mean, you can think of all the things that the laws of the land already take away free choice. But when it comes to abortion, the free choice is actually not, af- not after conception. That, you, that, think this through for a second. The person that wants total control over their bodies has total control over their bodies. And their choice is prior. Get this, get this. The free choice is prior to having sex with someone. So really, the free choice of what to do with their body is either I have uh, sex with this person or not. And most, most abortions are outside of marriage, um, sometimes even in marriage, but mostly they're outside of marriage. So... The Bible calls that sin, so you would want to avoid that kind of behavior anyway. But let's just say the choice with your body is before. But once you create another human being, the choice is for the voiceless. It's their life. Why would my choice over my... There's nowhere else in society, with the exception of self-control, not self-control, but uh, self-defense. And in in rare cases, self-defense where you are able then to value your life more highly than someone else's by taking it. But because a baby in the womb has been defined as anything but a baby, therefore it doesn't, it doesn't matter, which is stupid. And I know, I'm sorry, I know that word's a bad word in some Christian households, so I'm sorry for saying it, but I don't have another word. Um, I, in our home, that was a bad word, and so we didn't say it around the kids. But then we were listening to a Bible study by Pastor Chuck Smith once, and he used that word. And you should have heard my kids. They flipped out. Oh, well, Pastor Chuck said a bad word. Pastor Chuck said a bad word. And, and um, we were trying to teach our kids respect and the right word. So I, anyway, it's, it's very unwise, very bad. 303-690-3000. Uh, I just wanted to follow up so that you know that the laws of the land take choice away from people all the time. And the person does have complete control over their body before they create another human being. That's like saying you can adopt a child into your home, but then do whatever you want to that child because you have authority over your body. Now you, it, the logic goes all the way. You, you can, have a, you can and conceive a baby, give a delivery to a baby, and you still don't have full, You can't have control your hand by slapping that baby in the face. That's called child abuse, and you'll go to prison for that. 
You can't abuse a child. You can't, you, you, a baby, one day out of the womb, you can't do it. One second out of the womb, you can't do it. So it's a lame, I know it kind of threw you for a loop, but don't be, don't be thrown for a loop. Their arguments are, are absolutely fruitless. 303-690-3000. Let's go back to the phone lines. And we are on line two, so that's also Greeley, Colorado Forest. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, Ed? Good, man. Um, I have a question um, just regarding to um, how do you have discernment um, <clears throat> in regards to um, like what the Bible says and then also having that peace in your heart, you know, where it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and you'll, he'll direct your path. Yes. Like, what if, you know, where you can, in a way, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to read in the Bible, you know, if you want to find passages that are uplifting and kind of motivate you for um, certain decisions, you know what I mean? Where I you do. can pick, oh, I want this, you know, so I'm going to read this section of the Bible. Yes. And then it will kind of give me a peace in my heart, you know, kind of like, how do you, you know, how do you discern, like, which which do you go with, you know, like, where they okay. um, conflict sometimes, where, you know, and, you know, where you read a passage in the Bible and you're like, yes, this is what I want to hear, but you're like, I don't have a piece. Well, so, do you yeah. do you have an example that we can work with? Um, like a decision example? I mean, so many stuff, you know, where, I mean, for example, a job or okay. something, you know. Yeah. All right. So with it, let's talk about a job. You know, I think I think we, my my personal thought is that we place, we make uh, finding the will of God far more difficult than it is, and the reason we do that is we we have this tendency because of our culture to think that on, the will of God or only it can only be the will of God if it's successful. We fear failure so much, and we don't believe that God would lead us into a failure. We believe that God, we, we have this tendency to think, well, if it's good, it's from God, and if it's bad, it's from the devil. You know, just basic, <clears throat> real simple. But that's not always the case. Um, not, not everything bad uh, is, <clears throat> is from the devil. Not every failure is because we sinned. Uh, not every difficulty, you know, God can be the author of a lot. Like, I think of the disciples where God whips up a storm on the Sea of Galilee for them. Uh, they didn't do anything wrong, but they were in the middle of a storm that threatened their life. Mm-hmm. And so I think we, we make things far more difficult. Even And one of the ways that we make it difficult is what you shared. We make it hyper, super spiritual. And we, we make every decision like some crazy spiritual decision that, you know, we have to have this confirmation, that confirmation. We have to go through all these hoops and we have to jump through all these things. And then finally, we'll take this step of faith. But what I found over the years is that <clears throat> our whole life is a life of faith. And if we do anything apart from faith, we don't please God. That's what he said. He, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. And what we do is we want enough confirmations that won't require us to step out in faith and won't require us to trust God. And then if we fall on our face, we go, oh, I must have made the wrong decision. Really? Maybe you made the right decision and God's teaching you a lesson through the failure. Maybe that's exactly what he wanted. 
I think back, I just shared this testimony. I think back to a job interview I had years ago that I was going to be on the fire department, a municipality. That, that kind of job is the kind of job you retire from, where you make a lot of money, you have a lot of great benefits, you work for a union, and you start there young, and you end there old, and you go off into the sunset with a tremendous, uh, easy life financially. And I didn't get the job, and I was so crushed. I, I, I didn't get the job because of a previous sin I committed, uh, because I, had a, I have a criminal record uh, in the misdemeanors that I've been convicted of. And so they looked it up, and they go, you know what? We don't hire people that's done this. Uh, and I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm a Christian now. Like, and they don't care. The world doesn't care if you're a Christian now. They're like, you know, you're once a thief, always a thief. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm not that same person anymore. And, and I didn't get the job, and I thought it was, oh, my gosh. I'm a horrible person. I'm going to pay the rest of my life for my sin. And I'm just, I, w- I was crushed. But if you would have told me, oh, no, Ed, you don't understand. This is the first of many pains and many problems. You're going you're gonna to face horrific difficulties all along the way because eventually I'm going to take you to, to Colorado and you're going to pastor a church and you're going to do a radio program. And, and I'm like, you're crazy. I just want this fire department job. That's all I want. I don't want to move to Colorado. I don't want to. I just want to take care of my family. That was my whole life back then. At that point, right? I'm a new believer, and I'm taking responsibility for my family. And I was just doing what was in front of me, and what was in front of me was not God's will. How do I know that? Because I took a step of faith, and He closed the door. Uh-huh. And I didn't do anything wrong. It was in my past, and and so you're right that we complicate things by making them hyper-spiritual and, well, I need to have this and I'm going to look for this confirmation, I'm going to have this, when reality, you want to measure it this way. Is what I'm about to do sinful? Because if it is, the answer is no. If it's not sinful, then is God opening the doors before me? Well, yeah, I got a job interview. Well, then go to the job interview. Well, okay, then what if they offer me the job? Well, you know what? We haven't offered you the job yet. But if you pray, God will give you wisdom on what to say yes or no. And you might say, well, I did. I, I went that way, Ed, and I felt like the Lord told me to say that to, to tell them no, but now, I'm, now I don't have any money. Well, if you believe the Lord told you to, to, to say no to that job offer, and today you don't have any money, then what I think is, is that's God's will for today for you not to have any money. But we don't think like that, do we? We go back and oh man, I should have took the job. Then I wouldn't be. When you're just, we're just caught in circumstances when we need to get our eyes back on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just make things harder than they are, you know. And, and here's a pattern, you know. And, and so jot this down in Colossians chapter three, verses uh, fifteen, sixteen. You know, he talks about the peace of God, but what else does he talk about? Mm -hmm. He talks about um, being thankful, having the Mm -hmm. word of Christ dwell in you richly, walking Mm -hmm. in wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, having a song in your heart and grace in your heart. And then verse 17, what does he say? After this is all settled, and the peace of God, the idea there is that the peace of God is like an umpire. And, and you know, if you don't have a peace about something, don't do it yet. But at the same time, I've, I've met someone, I've looked someone in the eye that, that, was, that said, well, I'm going to do this stupid deed and it's going to hurt you and I'm, it's going to hurt the person I'm going to do it to, but I have a peace from God. That's foolishness. That's not a peace from God because a peace from God is going to promote worship. It's going to promote thankfulness. It's not going to promote fear, anxiety, difficulty, sin, um, disunity. 
Um, it's not going to promote anything other than love, like verse 14. So a true peace of God comes from faith, and it promotes beautiful things in the Spirit. You can't just say, I have a peace about it. Well, but that's wrong. What you're about to do is wrong. Yeah, but I have a peace of God. You don't have a peace from God to sin, ever. That's called yeah. your flesh and your justification and your excuses, and it'll bring great destruction to your life because you won't be able to live with the consequences of that decision. It will bury you. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. when you commit it as a believer. So I think that as as we walk by faith, God leads us and guides us. He opens doors. He closes doors. He puts worship in our hearts. And I we just have too much control of the situation, and that's what causes fear and anxiety. But just step out in faith. If it's not sin and it looks like God's opening the door, go for it and mm-hmm. find out what happens. And then he says yeah. what? Then whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you can't do it in the name and the authority of Jesus, then you can't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ed, could I have uh, some uh, have a prayer because I I can. Um, yeah. yeah. The so the real, uh, I guess the real example. I was kind of ashamed of talking about it, but um, uh, so I was um had a girlfriend that I absolutely loved and wanted to marry. Okay. But I was just uh not leading in the right manner and I felt God convicting my heart and telling me, you know, you need to um uh just break up for I don't know, you know, maybe it was not meant to be or was, but you know, where um you know, he was just like, Let's get you fixed up first because you're, you know, struggling in areas and you're not ready for marriage, you know, that's what I wanted. I you know, I dated this girl for two years and um, eight months, and I, I mean, just very much in love with her, very much desired her, and so, um, yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, just, I've dove in, you know, headfirst into the Bible. I've just been, you know, praying night and day and um, just asking God for um, resurrection and that I can be uh, the man that she deserves, you know, I will, I, you know, I absolutely love, love that girl. So, well, let's pray. Yeah. Father, I pray for my brothers. He processes some decisions he made and some behaviors he's changed in. Um, I pray that you would fill him afresh with your Holy Spirit today, that you would strengthen him and relieve the burden and pressure from him, Lord, that as he looks back and he has regrets, that you would teach him to look forward by hope and faith. And so I pray that you would strengthen him, uh, that you would reveal to him your will as far as his relationship is and what you, what you have in um, um, what you have in store for him, and that you would heal his broken heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> You're welcome, man. And you know what? Healing does come. You know how the world says time heals all wounds? Um, yeah. It's not true. Time heals nothing. But God, over time, brings healing to your heart. And it doesn't have to take forever either. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I've, I've just been, it's it's been tough, you know, because sin causes a lot of just confusion. And, it does. You know, and so I'm, you know, I'm growing right now, and I, I feel a lot of change in my heart. You know, is, this, so, is this gal got another guy in her life yet? No, no. Okay. She, I mean, we were... So yeah. 
So I, you don't need to answer this. I don't because it may lead to other details that you don't want to share. But here, yeah. if you were my son, this is my advice to you: pick up the phone, ask for her forgiveness, and see if she'd go out to coffee with you. And don't yeah. expect anything. Just talk about the things of the Lord with her and treat her like a sister. Um, yeah. Maybe. Well, we met up. We met up. Uh, um, a okay. few weeks ago, um, we broke up in September, and we met up a few weeks ago. And I, I told her I just needed some time, and um, because I was just processing, you know, I was just I'm, so much chaos and confusion in my right. mind, you know, probably from the devil, you know, because I put strongholds on my mind by, you know, messing up, you know, where it just it's allowed it to be the kind of devil's pro- uh, playground in my mind, you know, of just confusion and chaos that I brought into myself of. You know, I, you know, want to follow God, and then I was messing up in other areas, and so it was, yeah. So let me give another thought, and then I'll get on to the next call, but it could be Mm -hmm. that that you guys can get through some of this stuff together. And maybe that's a conversation you want to have where you may in your mind think you've got to fix every big problem in your life when, just as friends, you don't have to get into deep relationship again. You don't, right away, you don't have to dive head first, but <clears throat> maybe God has actually brought this person into your life to work through these things with you uh, little mm-hmm. by little and just become good friends because, you know, you're going to end up marrying your best friend. So yeah. maybe you guys can develop some a deeper friendship that's not complicated by the relationship aspects yet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, keep in touch. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, thanks, Ed. All right, Appreciate bro. It. Bye-bye. All right. I saw another text come through. Um, How can you tell me how to practice the gift of tongues? Yes, Uh, I I believe you can practice the gift of tongues in a couple different ways. Number one, in your personal prayer closet, your personal time of prayer. Uh, And then secondly, in a a larger gathering where there is an interpreter there, um, we call we we call them afterglows, but it could be a home Bible study, it could be a small group, but one where the gifts are open to be exercised and there's an interpreter. Because if there's no interpreter, then it's not to be exercised in the public gathering. Um, and if there is an interpreter, then only two or three people can exercise that gift. And then we got to move on to words that we can understand. First Corinthians fourteen says, but primarily tongues is a gift you can exercise all the time in your prayer, in your prayer life. It's a personal prayer language between you and God. And then um, this person that's texting doesn't give me a name, but says they'd also like to invite you, uh, Chelsea, to Calvary Chapel in Greeley tonight at 7 o'clock, and they'd love to meet you. So I know you've been going there, so now here's somebody saying, come on back, and they'd like to minister to you. So 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We're going to go to line one here is Andrew calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Andrew, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Good. Okay. Um, hey, so I've always had been thinking about um, thinking about something. In a past relationship that I was in, uh, we had a miscarriage. Okay. And I've, I've since always wondered... Um, if in that kind of situation, if that child is still a child that would be um, in heaven, or maybe, you know, one day I'd see that child again um, in that sense. Um, 
as opposed to a child that has been fully birthed and and had passed, you know, um, in that sense. I believe a Bi- the Bible teaches us that a baby uh, that doesn't make it out of the womb enters into the presence of God. Is there, because um, um, I've always wondered, because I've never heard any anybody speak about it, you know what I mean? I've never yeah. heard a pastor preach on it. Um, well, that's unfortunate, because there are places in the Bible where you would come to uh, a topic like this. I think of a man by the name of David. Remember David? His baby wasn't in the womb, it was out of the womb, but... God, I don't believe, makes a distinction between in the womb and out of the womb. A, a human being is a human being, right? Mm-hmm. Just like just like if a person loses an arm or a leg, they're a completely a human being. It's not, it's not their body or their physical location. It's their soul. And right. there's, there's an example in the Bible of, of a man by the name of David. He was the king whose, whose son died. And he declares, inspired by the Holy Spirit, included in the Bible for us, that he said, I, my child cannot come to me, but I will go to him. And there's that hope of being reunited with his baby. And so when you think of uh, the unfortunate pain of a miscarried baby, because that baby existed at the moment of conception, then that baby, just because the baby's in the womb, doesn't mean it doesn't have the same rights of a human being because it, it, he or she is a human being in the womb and would get the same treatment as a baby he or she out of the womb. Okay. I've always wondered that, but now I feel, I feel good. <laughs> I, you know, and it's, I believe it's intended, I believe it's intended to make us feel good. I believe it's intended to give us hope. I believe we're, we're to be reminded that we're, to, to we're to be reminded that we're going to be reunited with our loved ones that have died in Christ. And babies are going to face a holy and a righteous God. Uh, and we are, we're going to be able to trust the, the final declaration of God which I believe there's much biblical evidence that would dictate that a baby uh, is not at the point of a, the age of accountability and understanding and therefore w- has a special dispensation of grace that would bring them into the presence of God because they have not, they do not have uh, knowledge of their sin. Right, right. Um, do you think, and I'm not, I don't know if you would, if, we, if anybody would really know, but do would the child then continue to grow? That's a great question. Uh, we talked about that uh, in our family, and there is no biblical evidence of what age we're going to appear like in heaven. However, we have some hints. Uh, one hint is the fact that Adam and Eve were not born babies. They were born with the appearance of adults. So we know that even though Adam and Eve, the day, so let's just do a little, let's just do a little uh, test here, a quiz. The day after Adam and Eve were created, the next day, how old were they? Right, as like one, 
one day or they were, X many years. They were one day old, but did they look one day old? No. I don't think they did. I think they were born as humans <laughs> with the ability to communicate. You know, and there's a lot of theory. Nobody really knows for sure, but that they appeared like a 30-year-old person, like fully adult. Um, and we know right. that they were not only fully adult, but they were fully conscious and able to communicate and had a relationship with God and with each other and knew what it was, the, they knew what was like to listen, respond. I mean, for goodness sake, Adam named all the animals, for goodness sake. Like, like we, we've got, but, but they're only one day old and they had the appearance of a much older person. And I think somehow that's going to account in heaven. Like, and, and then we also have another hint that when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and Moses and Elijah appeared with him, they didn't lose their identity. They were still Moses and Elijah. Now they were older and we're not given insight of what they look like, but we do know they don't lose their identity. And so I don't know if they continue to grow. I don't know that they, in heaven, it's different because in the presence of God, it's very different because a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. So that just tells me that, excuse me, um, that just tells me that the reality of the situation is that um, timelessness is going to have some kind of effect as well. Okay. All right, we got to go because we're coming up on the end of the show. I'm glad you got in, and yeah. uh, props Thank to everybody you. in Baltimore. <laughs> Thank you. All right, man. Bye-bye. All right, we are going to be here tonight uh, here at Calvary Church. Uh, it's snowing, but it's not supposed to be heavy uh, until much later tonight, and we're just kind of hopeful it's not heavy at all because I don't like the snow. But I love Jesus, and I love you studying the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 4 right here at Calvary Church. Go to calvaryco.church for more info. Get our app. Just put in Ed Taylor in your app store. Download our free app. Everything you need to know about us is there. God bless you guys. See you tonight. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.